Good morning. Today's daf in Nazir Lamed. Hey, we started the sixth parak of the Masechta yesterday, and uh, today going to be a lot of drasha talk. Uh, the uh, today we're going to talk about tools and and how to drashim psikim in the Torah and klal aparto klal. I say that knowing that really we're not going to be discussing primarily today klal aparto klal. We're going to be discussing today prat u klal u prat. Okay, that's a little bit confusing. It's a little bit subtle, but uh, later at the end of today's daf, we're going to go over the. Uh, the basic differences between them, but they're very similar to one another. Okay, but before we do so, let's go back to uh, where what we're doing here in the sixth parak. What's the objective? And uh, here in the sixth parak, we're discussing finally the serum of a nazir. Okay, five prakim that we've covered so far in the Masechta, God, Baruch Hashem, and in the five prakim, so we talked about the commitment to becoming a nazir, right? Exactly what articulation is necessary and and what mindset necessary is there in order to create a a, a hischaifus, a commitment to becoming a nazir. And uh, a little bit we spoke about karbanos, but in other words, primarily we talked about the Kabbalah. Now you're a nazir. So here in the sixth parak of the Masechta, we're talking about what's asr. Well, we know what's asr. The Torah is very clear about it, but as much as the Torah is clear about it, but there are some uh, finer points, if you will, uh, some, I'm going to say this with pun intended, some branches of the halachas that uh, need clarification. And so, for example, right, we're going to be focusing today uh, primarily on the Isser of grape products. And, uh, the Nazir is not allowed to eat grape products. Also, is not, uh, Nazir is not allowed to be Matam Lemes. We'll talk about that later in the Masechta. And a Nazir is not allowed to get a haircut. We're also going to discuss that later in the Masechta. But right now, we're discussing the grape products. Great. So what 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 part of the grape is the uh, Nazir not allowed to eat? So the Torah says, Mi You know, from the Chartzan to the Zag. So in yesterday's mission, we learned together that there was a Machlokas. What's a Chartzan? What's a Zag? Machlokas Tanayim. But basically, right now, just to say it simply, uh, basically from seed to skin, right? From seed to skin. Again, that's a machlokis, but it's just a, an easy way to think about it. It's an easy way to remember it. Uh, so, um, so you're not allowed to eat any part of the grape. So not, not the whole grape, the whole grape, but not only the whole grape, but even parts of the grape, right? So even if you were to eat seeds, you're going to be chayev. Now, I say that, by the way, that also subject to Machlokas, uh, the, uh, the sheet of Rav Lazim and Azariah, which we're going to touch on in just a couple minutes from now. And that is Rav Lazim and Azariah. And the Mishnah taught us that, no, that you're only going to be Chayv Malchus when I have Chartzanim Zag. I have to have two seeds and a skin. Okay. Uh, we will later talk more about the sheet of Rav Lazim and Azariah, a little bit more, not much more. Okay. Anyway, so uh, great products. That's been our topic for yesterday. And what did we learn yesterday's stuff? There's a basic Machlokas which part of the vine is going to be ushered to the Nazir? So the Tanakhama's position is basically anything which is part and parcel of the grape. So that means to say that the grape from the skin to the seed, any part of it, even if I were to juice it, otherwise known as making wine, so all that's going to be ushered to the Nazir, but that's it. According to our Mishnah, according to the Tanakhama, I say Tanakhama, uh, the uh, Revelazar is not introduced in the Mishnah, it kind of comes in a brisa, but according to our Mishnah, so the grape, uh, um, grape leaves, not going to be ushered to the Nazir. The, 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 the soft edible shoots, not going to be ushered to a Nazir. And then yesterday we were introduced to the sheet of Rebbe Lazar. Rebbe Lazar taught us in a Brisa, uh, that what is ushered to the Nazir is not just the grapes, but also the grape leaves and the shoots as well. Right? The, the lulavim, right? Lulavim are the, uh, is the soft shoots and also the, um, the alim, the uh, the leaves. Okay, so we have over here basic machlokas. Says what part of the vine is going to be ushered to the nazir? Tanakhama says just a grape and any part of the grape. 
And according to Rabbi Lazar, even past the grape. In other words, the leaves and the shoots as well. Soft shoots. Okay. With all that stated, what's that machlok is going to be predicated on? So it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a fundamental debate of how to darshan the Torah. In other words, there are numerous ways in which we darshan the Torah. One of the methods of darshan the Torah is what's called klalo klal. Now, I said klalo klal. What I really meant was prat uklal uprat. They're very similar to one another. At the end of today's daf, we're going to highlight subtle differences between. These two methodologies, but they're very similar to one another. In other words, what we have over here is that the Torah gives us an example. That's a prat. Then klal, then a, then a, a general. And then prat followed then by an example. And when the Torah does that, what is the Torah telling us? Is that these examples over here are serving as prototypes. In other words, basically it's ke'in haprat. Now what we're going to do is that instead of, um, in, instead of just looking at the examples, we're looking at the examples now as models. And anything which models like the examples, this is also going to be included as well. This is the principle known as Ke'in Haprat. That is the way that the, um, the, the Chachamim analyzed the Pasuk. Now, what I'd like to do, in other words, we did this yesterday, but it's going to go really quickly. It's a short daf. Um, it, not the easiest daf, but it's a short daf. Uh, what I'd like to do is I'd like to go back and I'd just like to reread the Brisa. Because really the beginning of today's daf is all going to be a, a reiteration of the, of the b'risa. So if we see the b'risa at the beginning of today's daf, we're just going to have an easier time going, going through the whole thing. But my kemiflugi. So the Gemara now wants to know what's the machlokas between the Tanakam and Rebbe Lazar. So if you want to find me inside, you do. So alamad alamad beis. So it is going to be uh, shortly after the Gemara. Okay, uh, really shortly after the Gemara. So, uh, Rebbe Lazar, okay, it's about a third of the way down, first words in the line. So, so what is the Machlokis? So, Rebbe Lazar, Prat. so the difference of how to darshan the Torah, everything I explained up until now in my intro, that was all according to the Chachamim. However, according to Rebbe Lazar, Rebbe Lazar uses an entirely different procedure, a different tool in terms of how to dash in the Torah. They don't use Kalaprat, they use, they use what's called Rebu Amiyot. And the Gemara goes on to explain. Rebbe Lazar dash Rebu Amiyot, Miyayin V'Sheikh Yazir. So here we're going to start now in Pasuk Gimel. In Pasuk Gimel, Yayin V'Sheikh Yazir. So that's Miyot. In other words, that the Torah is telling us that only wine. Then, Mikolashir Yasem Yigefen Yayin, anything coming from the grape. So what is that? Reba. So that's a Rebui. That's an expansion. So Miyot V'Reba, Reba Kol. So my riba, riba komile. So when you have miyutu ribui, so the ribui serves now as a full expansion. Meaning, what are we coming to include? Everything. So now I say the word everything. It can't be everything because what the Torah did is that the Torah gave us a little bit of an exclusion. Meaning, the school of thought of ribui miyut basically says we're going to do more expanding than we are constricting. So therefore, when the Torah gives us an example, then followed by a ribui, so the ribui is telling us basically, you know what, basically as expansive as we can get with just shaving off a little bit. What are we shaving off? That's the Gemara's next question. So uh, we're talking about excluding the vines, the hard woody vines, which quite frankly aren't edible. Now, just as a quick comment, it's a little bit difficult to understand how that's an exclusion, meaning the, the wood is inedible. And meanwhile, we're excluding it. Okay. Not the first inedible thing that the Torah prohibits, right? Uh, just um, going off the top of my head, but the Gidanasha, right? The Gemara and Chulin, 
the Gemara Chulin has a debate as to whether or not the Gidagesh Hanosha is a sciatic nerve. Okay, uh, I have not attempted to eat nerves of an animal, but the Gemara has a debate whether or not yesh tam or ain't tam, uh, right? Uh, does it have taste? Does it not have taste? In other words, it's not exactly the softest and most edible part of the animal, and yet the Torah prohibits it. Okay, so over here, in other words, we're shaving off the the hardwoody branches of the vine. That, according to Rebbe Lazar. There's no rebuy, there's no mute, rebuy, the mute. Yeah, and then, and then, right. In other words, and if you're going in this approach, so then the examples given afterwards is gonna, un, is not gonna affect. Right? Excellent observation. I think, I had the same thought. And now what the Chachamim was going to do is they're gonna darshin kaloprat. Meaning, now it's looking at the same exact sukkim, but using a different tool. And then, and so over here now it's example, followed by generality, followed then by example, specific example. And so now, Prat Uklalu Prat. So this follows the rule of Prat Uklalu Prat. And Yata Danela Kena Prat. So over here now, Kena Prat, as I explained in the intro. So Ma Prat Mufurash Pri Upsolus Pri. I've called Pri Psolus Pri. So in other words, so what is the example? So we have to look at the characteristics of the example. And that is it's a fruit. And psolus pre. Now psolus pre. Uh, what exactly is that? Hold that thought for just a moment. Uh, we're going to come back to giving more definition to what that is. So basically, it's got to be something that looks like the example in the Torah. It's got to conform. It has to share the same characteristics of that which is in the Torah, and that, of course, is going to be uh, anything which is fruit. Past the fruit, no. In other words, so you see that if you use kalaprotoklal. It is not more expansive, just the opposite. It's more constrictive. In other words, you have to share more of the characteristics of the examples in the Torah, i.e. it has to be a fruit. Okay, and again, in just a moment, we're going to clarify, well, if it has to be a fruit, so then what else are we talking about other than the grape? Hold that thought, we're coming back. So the Gemara says, okay, so the example is a fruit. So it has to be a pre-gamor, it has to be a finished fruit. Meaning, what about the unfinished fruit? Okay, now, being that I don't, um, I, I don't uh, grow grapes, and, uh, and, and I'm not, uh, I don't own a vineyard. Uh, I do have a good friend who owns a vineyard in California, but that's neither here nor there. Okay, and, and on my bucket list, I want to go visit the vineyard. But that's, again, neither here nor there. So, but, uh, but meanwhile, the... Um, so um, the uh, for the locals, I'm talking about Stanley, Stanley Har. So the uh, uh, yeah. right, oh, yeah. good, good, good. Okay, you remember. Yes. So the uh, yeah, the, the, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Correct. So the uh, so 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 uh, on the on the vineyard, so you have the finished grapes, and you have what's called boser. Boser is basically undeveloped grapes. How do I know to include them? So Amarta in my So the Gemara says you have you have to include them. Why? Process of elimination. Because because as far as grapes are concerned, I don't need a drusha for grapes. Just read the Pasuk in the Torah. It says grapes. And uh, the... Okay, fine. What about wine? What about vinegar? Again, when we say vinegar, obviously we're talking about vinegar as a byproduct of wine. That's also in the Pesukim. It's also explicitly stated in the Pesukim. So that too is not... I don't need a drusha for that. So, so therefore, what are we generating through the limud? We have a limud. The limud is obviously coming to generate halacha. 
So what are we generating? Again, once I'm using klal uprat uklal, and again, to say it more accurately over here, prat uklal uprat, now that I need the drasha and I'm using the drasha to generate, so and but I'm limited in terms of what I can include because it has to follow the model, the, the examples of the Torah. So it has to be the grape, but we're including something. It's a bit of a conundrum. So what are we including? Even undeveloped grapes. Okay, that's the, that's the end of the b'risa. So, no, it's not. <laughs> Sorry. One more part of the b'risa. So, if in fact, we're now coming to include not just the finished and developed grapes, but even the undeveloped grapes as well. So why does the Torah give the from the skin to the seed? Or, <laughs> you see how confused I am. From the seeds to the skin. Either way. So the Gemara says, you know what the Torah is coming to do over here? Give us a binyan av. This now establishes a precedent. Meaning what we're learning from the sequence of Pesukim over here is the rule of prat uklal uprat. Meaning, you're right. The, the Torah didn't have to add the words mechart sanim v'adzag. And you know what the Torah is doing, uh, doing, accomplishing over here by adding these words? It's coming to teach us that, hey, let's, 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 let's learn the rules together. Meaning, here's the rules. If I have just Pradoklal, okay, where well, the Torah gives examples, follow them by generality, so what do we say? Pradoklal, it now becomes expansive. In other words, if the Torah, if the Torah is interested in giving us expansive, uh, an expansive list of things that are prohibited, it would have just stopped at Pradoklal. Ah. But then when it goes prat, klal, follow them by prat, ah, th- like, like it did so over here, that's ke'en ha-prat. Now we're basically able to say that the examples are serving as models, where we have to now, we have to extract the characteristic points of these models, and then we can apply it to anything that's like the model, like the examples that are given. So what we're learning together now is that really, where is the, where, where is the formula of prat uklal uprat? Meaning, where does the Torah teach us about prat uklal uprat? The answer is right here by the Nazir. Okay. Adkan, that's the end of the b'risa. This is where we got to yesterday. Good. And now the Gemara is going to analyze a number of points over here. No. The, oh, I'm sorry. I use the word binyanav, by the way, and, and I see that I was a little bit confusing by using the word binyanav. Binyanav, I'm just saying over here now, is that the Torah is using this as a starting point to teach us the model of prat uklalo prat. Okay? In other words, I know binyanav happens to also be another one of the yud gimel midos. I just, binyanav, I'm just using that term over here to describe this is it. This is now the source of the Torah that teaches us about the rule of prat uklalo prat. Okay, a number of points to clean up over here in the Brisa Amamar. Ma prama first priopsilos priaf call priopsilos pre. So pre pre inve. Good. So now what we're doing is that we're focusing on the characteristics of the examples of the Torah. So what does it have to be? It has to be a fruit. Good. You and I know what fruit means. Pre. Psolus pre. It also another characteristic is psolus pre. What is that? That's a good question. Mahi chometz. So that's a reference to chometz, that's the vinegar, meaning vinegar is basically leftover. In other words, you made wine, and what happens is that as the wine continues to ferment, it then sours, and then it becomes vinegar. Vinegar is also going to be ushered to the nazir. Either Torah doesn't say the word vinegar, 
Good. We're learning it using the methodology of Prat Uklalu Prat. So Afkol Pri. So now that we know what Pri is and we know what Psolos Pri is, so what are we coming to include? Any fruit. Again, what does that mean, any fruit? So Mahi Guharki. So in other words, what we described earlier, that's Boser. That's the undeveloped fruit. I've called it Psolos Pri. And now also, what are we coming to include? Everything which is Psolos Pri. What, what, what is that inclusion coming to teach us? Mahi, Amrav Karnal Asuye, Inve Dichrin. Now, Inve Dichrin literally translates as male grapes. Okay? I, I, recently, on my, on my very slow path to learning about trees, and it's, it's unbelievably slow. And, okay? And, and I, I still got a lot to learn. But there is in the tree world, male and female. Okay, I didn't know this. So the um, but it, but but meanwhile over here, uh, Tosus over here says that the uh, that the reference to the male uh, the, the the male um, male grapes over here is basically grapes that were uh, that were infested with worms, right? That's way that's way Tosus says it. Anavim shehit leo. Anyway, oh good. So the um, okay. So basically now, what are we looking at? The two characteristics we have: the characteristic of pre. And Psalos Pri. So we, we, the Gemara just did two things for us in terms of just helping us better define. So what is the Pri and Psalos Pri characteristics of the fruit? And then what are we learning from there? So in terms of Pri, self-evident. That's the fruit. That's the grape. Psalos Pri is a reference to vinegar. What are we learning from there? So in terms of the Pri, what we're learning there is even, bo- uh, e- even the, even the Boser. Even the undeveloped grapes. That also is going to be ushered to the Nazir. And in terms of the uh, in terms of the psalos pre, what are we learning from there? We're learning that even if it's infested with worms, it's still going to be asked to the nazir. Okay. Um, I'm, uh, I'm sorry, pause. Now, the adzag Now, when the Torah says chartsanim v'adzag, so what is the Torah coming to teach me? Chartsanim adzag. So the, uh, so according to Ravina, bein habeinayim. Okay, uh, what, the way Tosus understands it, Bein Abinayim. So it's a reference to, uh, the grapes that are never going to get any sun whatsoever. In other words, in order for the grapes to grow and arrive at full maturation, so we need sun. Uh, there are going to be grapes that are just simply going to be, uh, configured in a way in which it's not going to get any sun whatsoever. One, for a moment, might have thought that those grapes are not going to be ushered to the Nazir. Those grapes are, in fact, going to be ushered to the Nazir. Okay. Adkan, the Gemara quotes again from the Bryce Amar. So here now, I'm going to read really quickly because this is just going to be setting us up for the next discussion in the Gemara. We're just rereading parts of the Bryce. So, Ima Pramafurash, Prigamor, Avkol, Prigamor, Amartim, Kemaini, Echazas, Bemash, Moshalo, Amro, Anavan Lachim, Vivation, Maxive, Yain Vachol, Metz, Axive, Hain Lachala, Don Kalashan, Akron, El Kalashan, Rishon. Okay, that was all just a long citation of the Brisa. Good. Again, recap. What did we just learn together? This is a starting point. How do I know about this idea of prat uklal uprat? I know because of this sequence of psukim here in Nazir. Good. Gemara's question. We're on the top of Lamed. Hey, Ahmed Aleph. First line. Last word. 
Ula Rebbe, Allah Zibana Zari, the Kamokim Lime, Hartsen Vazag, Lomar Shainu Nachai, Vajio Hoshne Hartsen, Prata Manale. Okay. Uh, Gamar's question is like this. Go back to the Mishnah yesterday's offer. Remember the opinion of Rabbi Al-Azhar ben Azariah. According to Rabbi Al-Azhar ben Azariah, Chatzanim Azag is t- teaching me the following halacha. You're only going to be subject to Malkus if you're an Azir and you eat two Chatzanim and one Zag. That's the opinion of Rabbi Al-Azhar ben Azariah. Okay? Unlike the Tanakhama, Tanakhama says is that you're going to be chayv if you're an Azir for eating any part of the grape. Again, you have to eat a shear. But any part of the grape by itself is going to uh, is is going to result in malchus. According to Rebbe Lazar ben Azaria, no, you have to have chartzanim and zag. Then and only then you're going to get malchus. So now the Gemara says, if you are Rebbe Lazar ben Azaria, what just happened now? Our entire model fell apart. We have a model over here of prat klalu prat, and that's now going to teach us that throughout the rest of the Torah. We now know to Darshan Pratuklala Prat. According to Rav Lazar ben Azariah, that second Prat is teaching me a second halacha, a totally different halacha. I now no longer have it available to use it for the model of Prat Uklala Prat. So if I'm Rav Lazar ben Azariah, our now our model fell apart, and now where where does he know this from? So the Pratamanale. Uh, so, so the Gemara's first answer is, okay, in other words, maybe he doesn't have the model. Meaning, remember, going back to yesterday's daf, it's a fundamental debate amongst the Tanaim, whether you darshan through Klal or Klal, or whether you darshan through Rebu Miut. And it could be that according to Rav Laza ben Azariah, he, he operates with the school of Rebu Miut. And by the way, David, going back to your point that you made earlier today, another, another, another piece of evidence that would seem to indicate that if you're using Rebu and Miut, you literally just ignore the second Miut. Okay, that's what it sounds like. The Gemara says, okay, you could say that. Alternatively, here's what you could say. Rav ben Azariah really does agree with the model of Pradukhala Prat. And the model of Pradukhala Prat is based on our Psukim here in Nazir. And basically, what we're going to, we're going to try to do is that we're going to try to have Ravalaza ben Azariah double dip. In other words, the second prat is both teaching his specific halacha and also used for the second prat of the Pratuklala Prat. Because here, look, here's what the Torah could have done. So that obviously is a prat. Obviously, the Torah could have taken it instead of back ending it after the klal. The Torah could have just simply taken it and put it before the klal. And then, if the only halacha we're going to generate from that is the halacha of Rabbi Lazar ben Azariah, that you have to, that in order to be subject to Malkus, you have to eat chartzanim and zag. So the Torah could have just simply backed it up and put it before the klal. I, the Torah, deliberately, intentionally, took it and put it after the cloud. You know, you see that? So the Torah is trying to teach us now two halachas. Number one, the halacha of Chartzanim Vadzag, of Rav Lazar ben Azariah, and also now give us the model of Prat Uklal Uprat. Imkain Lichtov, oh, Chartzanim. Sorry. I, I, I missed five words. Ve'em akula lahachu da'asa. The Gemara says, I don't know. Uh, ha, 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 maybe, meaning maybe the whole reason why it comes after the cloud is to give me the model of Pradu Klalo Prat. 
how did Rav Lazar ben Azariah know? It also taught us his halacha as well. So, imkein lichtov, o chartzanim. Now, the gear over here is a little shaky, but o chartzanim vizagim. O chartzan vizag. Lamai hilchas hakasav rechman, amichartzanim vazag. So, the Gemara makes a simple observation. You notice that it says chartzanim plural, it says zag singular. That's strange. Meaning, if the Torah just wanted to tell us that don't eat the grape from the skin to the seed, or again, or seed to skin, whichever, whichever interpretation is correct, if that's the whole point of the Torah, keep it consistent. Either go plural, plural, or go singular, singular. Why would the Torah go chartzanim, plural, zag, singular? That's weird. Rabbi Lazar ben Azariah says, ah, perfect. You know why it's weird? Because it's coming to teach me a new halacha, that you're only going to be subject to Malkus when I have two chartzanim, and one zag. According to Ravalazim and Azariah, I, I, I've been spending time thinking about this. It sounds like he also agrees with Rabbi Yossi that the zag is a skin. That's, that's what it seems like. So, uh, so, so according to Ravalazim and Azariah, what allows us to do is double dip. In other words, now according to Ravalazim and Azariah, it's both coming to teach me the special halacha that you're only going to be subject to Malkus when you eat two chartzanim and zag, plus it's coming to teach me the halacha of the model, the basic model of prat uklal uprat. How could we draw two halachas from the same? Okay. Uh, that's what the Gemara struggling. You saw the Gemara struggling. Uh, basically over your point, meaning you don't normally double dip. Okay. Um, good. All right. So, Adkan, that takes us basically to the first part of today's daf. Okay, again, today's daf is a really, really conceptual, structural daf in terms of methodology and how to darshan the Torah. So what have we basically done together? Okay, it, it, to summarize up until now. So what we learned together is that in addition to the model that we're used to hearing about called klal uprat uklal, there's something else also called, very similar, prat uklal uprat. Where the Torah gives an example, followed them by a generality, followed them by another example. And what do we learn? That in such a scenario, how do we darshan it? Kena prat. We extract characteristic points of the examples, and the Torah is coming to include things that follow and match those characteristic points. Good. That's what we learned together. But then the Gemara just got involved in a lot of technical discussion of, well, if the model is coming over here from Nazir, and I subscribe to Rav ben Azariah, which is, and according to Rav ben Azariah, we're learning a unique halacha from the second prat, so how can it also serve as a as a prototype of Pratuklala Prat? And the Gemara says, we can, we can work it out. You could do it, as, as Ben pointed out, with difficulty, but you could do it. Okay. Uh, for Rebbe Lazar, next, next part of the Gemara is going to be a little bit confusing. I, I, I'll just, I'm raising my hand. I'm a little bit confused, but we'll try to navigate. Rebbe Lazar, Dadarish Umiyet, Prat Uklal Uprat Menalei. So, according to Rebbe Lazar, who uses methodology, he's of the school thought of Ribu Imiut. How does he know about Prat Uklal Uprat? Now, I'm right, and, and it's not me, meaning Tosa struggles with the Gemara's question over here. Meaning, it, it, what, what, is it, what, what is the Gemara just asking? If you're Rebbe Lazar and you're of the school of thought of Ribu Imiut, well, how then do you know about Prat Uklal Uprat? Meaning because over here in Nazir, he's darshaning not through Pratikalal Prat, he's darshaning through uh, Ribui Amiyut, or in this particular case, Miyut and Ribui. So they're expecting never to use that concept? And, and so what, and, and so what Tosos is basically, I mean, it's, it's coming from the Gemara, meaning, don't blame Tosos over here, 
really blame the Gemara. And what comes out now from the Gemara is that even though Rebbe Lazar has a fundamental disagreement, but it's not as fundamental as we think. Meaning there are going to be times where even Rebbe Lazar is going to acknowledge that yes, uh, this is a this is a point in the Torah where we're going to dash in Pratoklala Prat. It just happens to be Nazar is not one of those times. And then the real difficulty in that assertion is that somebody then has to figure out well what which method are we going to use right now? Are we going to use the Ribuimiut method? Or are we going to be using the Klala Prat method? Okay, it's it's just challenging. Meaning, it's much easier for me to think that these are two totally different schools of thought, and they're just a divide. In other words, a nice, strong line dividing these two schools of thought, and either you're going to go Rebu Emil, which again is more expansive, or you're going to go Klalu Prat, or, right, again, whichever, whichever, whichever formula, Klalu Prat or Klal, Prat or Klalu Prat, and, and it's going to be more constrictive. That's how it's so easy for me to think about it, but clearly from the Gemara's question over here, it, that, that line is not as strong. There are going to be times where Rebbe Lazar agrees with uh, the, the rule of Prat Uklalu Prat. Okay, that's, that's what's clear from the Gemara, Gemara's question over here. But again, I understand, I'm acknowledging that gets confusing. Okay, but meanwhile, the Gemara asked the question, so the, the Gemara is going to answer. How does Rebbe Lazar, who generally holds of Mir Rebu, how does he know about Prat Uklalu Prat? So So the Gemara says, I'll tell you how he knows it. He knows it from the following. And that is, We just did this in, well, I mean, we just did this. I mean, we're already up to Truma, but this takes us back to Parshish Mishpatim, and this is regarding a Shomer. So a Shomer is going to have liability when he's asked to watch certain items. What items? So again, the Torah tells us, so those are obviously prat. Those are examples, very clear examples. That's called animals. And then the Torah says, v'chol. Now in parentheses, we have the word behema, but v'chol. So that's a klal. And then behema lishmor. And then it goes back to animals. So what did we just do over here? We just went prat, then to klal, back to prat. So chazor prat, prat, klal, prat, yata, dan, elakena, prat. So over here, what do we have? We have what's called kena prat. Good. And so um, so that's going to be the source that according to Rebbe Elazar, who normally holds of Rebu Amit, but again, that's an example where he's going to leave Rebu Amit and he's going to enter into the world of Prada Klala Prat. And, and by the way, then of course it begs the question, well, okay, good. So that's Prada Klala Prat. What are we coming to include over there? So it happens to be that over there, the, the, Gemara, the Gemara over here doesn't even tell us, but over there, by, when it comes to a Shomer, so in order to have the liability of Shmir, it has to be like an animal, meaning it has to be a movable animal, and it has to have intrinsic value. But let's say, for example, you were asked to hold a note, a docky, right, an IOU, so that doesn't have intrinsic value, so therefore, that wouldn't be subject to the halachas of Shomer. Okay. Yeah, it's, a, it's an excellent question. I don't know the answer. Right, Ben's asking, why, why wouldn't he just simply go to his school of Rebu Emiut? I, I don't know. So, Rava, Amar So, Rava says, I have a different Pasuk, and that's the following. This is the beginning of Ayikra. This tells us which animals there are, uh, couldn't qualify as a carbon. Meaning, at the very opening of Ayikra, we're learning about carbonos, and the first question is a simple question, which animals can serve as a carbon? So, Im Min Prat. So, uh, this is going to be a little bit tricky. The word, the, 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 the Pusik says minatzon. 
And the Gemara now is breaking it up. Min, some of the. So some of the already is a prat. That's specific. Son is now a klal. That's a generality. I know it's funny, by the way, because son is, <laughs> right, is, is a specific type of animal. Everything over here is contextual. So contextually speaking, compared to min, so now is going to be a klal. And, and, and I'm admitting, by the way, that in other words, you really have to, you have to, you have to know how to use these tools. Meaning it's one thing to learn about the tools, which is what we're doing today. But then to, to use the tools properly, okay, in other words, that's, that's, that's why we're learning Gemara, to see how these tools are used. But even then, I'm not, I'm not sure if I'm able to do it after, after having learned today's daf, but still. So, Hatzon Klal. And then, Kvasim Ve'izim, Chazor Prat. And then the Torah says, Kvasim Ve'izim. By the way, Tzon, uh, even though the, the, the word translates as sheep, but Tzon really is a general term. Meaning, when the Torah uses the word Tzon, it just simply means small livestock. Okay? And Kvasim Ve'izim, sheep and goat, are examples of small livestock. So, Prat. So, Prat Uklal, Prat Yatan, Dan Prat. Okay, the... Um, so the uh, so basically, it has to be a behema, which is a tamima. It has to be an unblemished animal, but it doesn't have to be limited to an animal that's a year old. Again, that's according to that's all as per the uh, the pshat of Tosfos. Okay, Amarle Rav Yehuda midiskarta l'rava v'leilav minadenkra. So why not learn it from the following? Meaning, let me give you another example of where we see this idea of pratuklala prat, and that is same uh, same parsha. First opening parak of, of Ayikra, not only the opening parak, but I was going to say the opening pasuk. Almost. Second pasuk. Right? The pasuk says, I'm reading the entire pasuk. We don't have it here in the Gemara. Okay, so now here we go. Min, that's Prat. And Behema, that's Klal. And Bakarvatson, Chazu Prat. So isn't that going to be example of prat uklalo prat and iata dan ela ke'en ha prat? Now over here, an extensive discussion amongst the Rishonim, exactly what the Gemara, meaning, I know what the Gemara is trying to do. The Gemara is trying to use the rules of prat uklalo prat and apply it over here as well. What is the Torah trying to include over here? The Gemara is never, not never, but here not particularly clear about what we're trying to include using the prat uklalo prat. And, and, and Tosos discusses it, and, and for the, our purposes right now, I'm just going to skip over that point. It's not, it's not unimportant, just, I'm, I, the, the Gemara is going to dismiss it anyway. So, so, um, Rav says back to Rav Yehuda, no, that's, that's not an option. Uh, so the, uh, the, um, no, because over there, when, when, when the Torah says the word behema, so you know behema is a very generic term. Meaning what's included in behema? Included in behema is chaya. Chaya or wild animals. So if we were to use that as a model of prat uprat, so then we, what we would have assumed is that not only domesticated animals, but even wild animals could be used as a carbon as well. We know that that's an absurd conclusion and therefore we can't apply prat uklaloprat. Okay. I offered a simple way to just read the exchange between Rava and Rav Yehuda and, and, and Rava's response to Rav Yehuda. Okay, it's safe to say that 
there's a lot more discussion. It's always safe to say this, but there's a lot more discussion in terms of how to understand that exchange. Okay, but meanwhile, basically the question is, why not apply Prat to the above, meaning to Pasuk Beis? And the Gemara's answer is, no, not applicable. Okay. Amr and Rav Yehuda's counter-argument to Rava is no. Uh, you, meaning, even the suggestion of Behema over there, including Chayas as well, is just simply untenable. Why? Because look immediately at the examples that are given uh, immediately afterwards. In, in that Pasuk, it says Bakar Ritzon. Bakar Ritzon clearly are examples of domesticated animals, not wild animals. And so therefore, he really feels that this would be an example of Prat Uklal Uprat. So the Amaraim are arguing over here in terms of now that we learned that there's a, uh, there's a tool called Prat Uklal Uprat, the Amaraim are arguing where we can apply it, where we can't apply it. Okay. Uh, Ad Khan. Okay. Let's do one more round, uh, for today. Um, Detanya. So the Gemara says now, this idea of Prat Uklal Uprat, uh, where else do we see it in the Torah? So the Gemara gives another example, and this is now in Parshas Re'eh, right? Where, what do you do? You have your Maestro Shani, you're poda your Maestro Shani, you redeem it unto money, you take the money, you go to, you go to your Shalim, and you purchase with it whatever you want. I say whatever you want. That is, uh, that, that, that's, uh, that's not true. In other words, the, the Torah, the Torah says, I'm reading the Pasuk right now. And now that was the Pasuk, and the Gemara now is going to darshan the Pasuk. So, so whatever you want, that's a klal. And four examples of what you're going to buy. So that is, of course, Prat. That's a, that's a, those are examples. Whatever your soul desires, so chazer klal. So klal prat klal iata dan elakena prat. So ma prat meforsh pre mi pre and gidule karka. So avko pre mi pre vigidule karka. So in order for it to match the example, so it's got to now have the characteristic points. What are the characteristic points? So it is pre mi pre. It regenerates. Okay, and on top of that, it's also gidule karka. It grows from the ground. Okay, animals grow from the ground. That's funny, right? Animals don't grow from the ground. Trees from the ground. Fruit from the ground grow from the ground. So Ben saying it right. That's obviously what the Gemara means over here. Animals grow from the ground, meaning they are sustained from the ground. They're herbivores. The only way that they are they here is because the ground provides them their nutrition in order for them to live, and so therefore they are gidule karka, in that not that they grow from the ground, but they're sustained from the ground. Okay, so anything that matches the characteristics of preemie pre, they regenerate, right? Not meaning not mushrooms. In other words, they they are they they right. There's reproduction, and on top of that, they grow from the ground. Then and only then are uh, is it going to be? Can I go ahead and and and, and spend my my sershani money on that? Mushrooms are out of the question. Salt is out of the question. Water is out of the question. Okay. Anyway, so. What did we just learn together? The rule of klal upratu klal. So now, this is a great way to end our daf today. In fact, we're ending it in just a moment. So what we've just learned in the course of today's daf is that basically we have two rules that are very similar to one another. In fact, they seem to be kind of like mirror images of one another. We have a rule that we learned at the beginning of today's daf of prat uklal uprat, example, general example. 
we also have a rule of klal uprat uklal. General example, general. So now that we have these two rules, and they're basically doing the same thing. Meaning, what, 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 what is the Torah telling us when, when, when providing a halacha using the sequencing? Kena prat. In other words, we're going to look at the examples, we're going to pull out the characteristics of those examples, and then we're going to say that anything that follows it, that anything that matches those characteristics is going to be subject to the halacha. Anything though that, that doesn't match those characteristics are not going to be subject to the halacha. So far, so good. That is today's daf in a nutshell. And so now, Michdi, the Gemara says, good. So, called the So the Gemara says, good. So, exactly as we just did. That second klal is coming to tell me that draw out the characteristic points, anything similar to it. Good. Visu, Prado Klalo Prado. And now when I have prat uklalo prat, that second prat, what is it coming to do? It's exactly what we described. Meaning without the second prat, it would have been just simply prat uklal. Prat uklal is coming to be a full expansion. The second prat is coming to tell me, no, not full expansion. In other words, now look at the example, look at the characteristic points, anything that matches. So the Gemara says, Mechti. So now, train klala uprate, train prate uklala. Ke'en prate dayninan. So ma'ika benu beni. So the Gemara now wants to know. Now that we're here, what's the difference between them? Meaning they are seem to be very similar to one another. Is there going to be any subtle differences between them? Ika. The Gemara says, yeah, there are going to be differences between them. Dilu tartin klala uprata. Because if I have the double klal prat, otherwise, otherwise stated as, Klal uprat uklal iika prate dedamele afilu bechatzad marbinan. However, tre prate uklale iika prate dedamim ishneitzad marbinan bechatzad lo marbinan. So the Gemara says, I'll tell you the difference, and that is number of char- characteristic points that need to match in order to include it. If I have klal uprat uklal, and this is the way Tos is presented, and it's mistaber, really, really makes sense. If the formula, the sequencing of the Torah is klal uprat uklal. So what do I have? I have a sandwich of generals on the outside with an example in the middle. So where's the emphasis right now? Obviously on the generality. Meaning that the example over here doesn't have to be a perfect match. Because really the focus is on the sweeping generalities, which is right now sandwiching the prat in the middle. Oh. So therefore, how many points of, how many matching points do I need? Only one matching point. On the other hand, when I have prat uklal uprat, so it's also a sandwich, but what's in the middle of the sandwich is the general. What's on the outside of the, uh, of the sandwich, right, the breads, if you will. So those are the two pratim. So over there, I need two matching points because clearly more emphasis on the prat than on the claw. So I need two matching points. Good. As comfortable as I am saying it, as much as it makes sense to me, you know, it's funny. We just did the, we just did the Meister Shani example, which was Klal, Uprat, Uklal. And how many matching points did we need? We, there, there were two. In other words, it's Primi Pri, and it was Gedule Karka. Okay. That, 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 that's a bit, that's a bit, that's a bit of an issue. Meaning we just learned the Gemara that I don't need two matching points. I only need one matching point. Okay. Um, yeah, is this a good place to start, to, to pause? Um, let's do, no, no, no. Let's do one more round. Mechdi. 
So, Pradu Klal Nasek Klal Moshe Fala Pravis Rabbi Komile. Mir Veribe Nami, Ribe Akovitz Rabbi Komile. My Ika Bain, Mir Veribe or Pradu Klal. So the Gemara says, okay, so now, if I have a an example and, 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 and a general, and that's it, so then what difference does it make whether I use the methodology of, uh, if I use the, uh, the, the methodology of Praduklal versus Mir Veribe? Ika, the Gemara says, there's still going to be a difference. The Ilu Praduklal, Marbina Nafilo Alam Vilulavim. So, and the Mir Veribe, Lulavim in Alan Lo. So the Gemara says, so, if I have Praduklal, so what am I coming to include? So there it's going to be even more expansive. Uh, the, in other words, in our example of the Nazir and the Vine. So what would, what would it come to include? It would come to include the leaves and the shoots and soft shoots. On the other hand, if I had Mia and Reba, so the leaves, yes, uh, but the, but, I'm sorry, the shoots, yes, but the leaf, but the leaves, no. Okay. Um, good. So th- that would be a subtle difference between um, using the methodology of uh, of, of Prat Uklal versus Mead uh, Veriba. Okay. Adkan, that takes us to the end of today's stuff. Tomorrow we're going to be starting off with a really fundamental rule. Okay, but th- that's for tomorrow. Okay, also a short off tomorrow. Okay, uh, Adkan. So over the course of today's stuff, really a technical stuff, right? Uh, I-, I encourage you, right? Uh, spent, I spent time to, with, with today's stuff. So the uh, I, I encourage you, uh, right? Uh, the uh, it it really is opening up the hood, right? And 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 seeing how the engine runs. It's a I say that by 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 way of analogy, meaning over here a very technical doc regarding methodology and different schools of thought of methodology and subtle differences between the methodology of klalu prat klal versus prat uklalu prat, right? The uh, all all, the, all that in the course of today's daf and as it, as it relates to another. Okay, I'll talk. So